This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. Hi. Well, welcome to And That's Why We Drink, where... Thank you. We talk, and you listen, and you're maybe driving, or cleaning, or we walking, see you. or oh, doing the walking, dishes. walking, you show off you. But whatever you're doing, I know one thing we're all not doing right now, and that's hydrating, so drink right now, take a drink, quick, 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 quick. I have zero beverages for once see? in my life. we're the worst... We're the worst icons of a show called and that's why we drink. Yeah, you should take our advice for sure. Yeah, please um hmm indulge in some H2O at the very least. <laughs> um oh. What are you if you could drink anything right now, Christine, what's your little taste buds screaming for? Listen, I just finished my coffee. It's it's another early morning for us, Em. It's another 10 a.m. start. By the way, I'm the one that usually has to wake up at 10 a.m. This is know, a, a new like, thing for Christine. This is normal. I'm like, what is my life? Um, it's really nice, though, isn't it? Because after we record, you get the whole second half of the day. It's actually incredible. Are you down to wake up at 7 a.m. in California? No. No. Because <laughs> I actually way prefer this situation. Um, usually when I'm done, I haven't eaten breakfast or lunch, and it's 4.30 p.m. So I'm That like, I believe. Yeah, miserable. But... Uh, yeah, no, this is nice. Um, I actually meant to bring up a reason because we recorded yesterday why I drink, but I got all flummoxed by my Sweden 
trip. Mm, so can I tell you why? <laughs> can I tell yeah. you why I drink this week? Why I drink mm-hmm. apparently nothing. Um, <laughs> so I went to Knoxville over the weekend, which I briefly mentioned the speakeasy I was at. Um, and it was so nice. And I just want to brag on my my boy for a minute because he did such a good job in his jujitsu tournament oh and i didn't know that's why you guys went yeah so it was like kind of he didn't like really tell anybody (laughs) like he told me but like he didn't even tell his family or anything i think he just wanted to keep it on the dl because it was his first tournament um and so we went down there and i was like trying to be helpful but there was like a whole gym full of people and i didn't know what anyone is doing i've never watched jujitsu wouldn't you be so helpful in a gym christine i can't imagine you (laughs) more helpful anywhere thank you em that's so kind of you yeah you're right uh the person who doesn't even have water uh available (laughs) in like a hundred yard radius is helpful in a gym um so i was i brought uh i went with him there and i was it was it was i've never seen jujitsu he's been doing jujitsu for like on and off for years and he's been training really hard like twice a day he goes to the gym for like two hours each and trains i've i had no idea what he was doing does that no no i know that he does that he takes i just just thought he was having an affair no i'm kidding um i (laughs) i i knew he was doing jujitsu but like i didn't really know what that like i don't know i've never really watched it and it never occurred to me until i'm in the gym and everyone's like and all of a sudden he's in this like on this mat and they're like there's a referee and they're kind of like go and they're suddenly like wrestling each other and like holding each other's necks and and then the first match we watch this guy passes out and i'm like oh no and blaze goes oh no that's normal and i'm like what do you mean like he lost blood to his brain like he lost consciousness Blaze's like yeah just temporarily and i'm like i don't know if i can do this i was more nervous than he was watching this happen um and he did a really good job and uh it was really fun and then that night finally i got to buy him a cocktail because he hasn't been drinking alcohol in many many weeks because he's been training um so anyway i just we had a great time and um you know oh apparently i've been meaning to bring this up for like a year m we once talked about jujitsu because we talked about like uh self-defense and Uh i said something like oh about the the gracie gym and you were like oh gracie who's gracie and i was like i don't know she like i'm so proud of her okay apparently gracie is the last name of like the biggest jujitsu family um in the world and so all the like gracie affiliated gyms are like a certain i don't know jujitsu related thing but so blaze was like so mortified because we were like oh who's gracie and it's like (laughs) the name of like the brothers who brought jujitsu to america and um (laughs) oh who are the rockefellers i bet they're cute i bet it's a cute puppy dog yeah that's basically the equivalent of how we were talking about it and he was like he's like christine you i thought you know this and i was like oh i guess maybe in the back of my brain somewhere i knew that um so anyway that i just i know he was like so mortified and i feel like a lot of people listening probably thought we were big dumbos um, well i mean there are so many people that um go to training rings apparently know, that listen well, to us apparently so. there are there's one that i know and i was shocked to learn about oh. it this past weekend well uh yeah that's such a you know he's such an enigma i can see why he you is an enigma married him because i mean i knew he did jujitsu when i first started hanging yeah, that out was with you in like 2017 yeah 
And then he, I I assumed once you guys had a kid, it just kind of faded he ne- away. He cause... never did it again. Like since then, once he started his job in L.A., he just like completely stopped. So it's been like four years since he had done it. When did he pick it up again? Only like a couple weeks ago? No, I think like a year ago, maybe. Maybe a little less than a year ago. Um, a few months ago. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he goes like twice a day. He's like training. Then he works out at home. I mean, I don't know. Um, so is that's he like that. all like buff and ripped. And he everything? is. He's really buff. He's like in the best shape ever. He's really. I'm. Meanwhile, I'm just under a blanket in here, like drinking right. wine. <laughs> <laughs> but he's living the be- his best life. Um. So anyway, I'm just proud of him. I just want to. And he listens to the podcast every week, so I want to say a little shout out. He probably skipped this because he's embarrassed. But he um, heard the Gracie thing and went, "Oh my god!" Oh no, he's like not again. <laughs> Um, so that's all. That's why I drink. And also, Knoxville is a cool-ass town. Um, but the last time I was there, I saw that ghost, remember, sitting at the edge of my bed. Um, he was, like, yeah. in, a, in a tank top um, and was just watching <laughs> just me being sleep. one of the girlies with the little <laughs> tank top. Just being a girlie. Well, a you know, I, I said wife beater last time, and then I was like, that's probably not the thing we're supposed to say. So Certainly not. Um, I changed it to tank top. But then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> remember, I woke up. And I realized I was on top of the bed and it was like yeah. tucked in under me. Ugh. Ugh. So Wow. Actually, no, I forgot about that. But <laughs> thanks for the nightmares. That was your favorite detail. So uh, I went back and apparently, so our friends, uh, Taylor and uh, Morgan, who host Creeps and Crimes, live in Knoxville. And so I messaged them for any like recommendations and they were like, we're both separately out of town this weekend. And I was like, damn it. But so they gave me great recommendations. And then when I said where I was staying, they were like, oh, that's a haunted hotel. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Um, but I didn't see any ghosts this time. I only saw one at like the Holiday Inn Express or whatever the last time. <laughs> the I Red Roof Inn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, sorry, that was long. But that's why I drink. Um, um, may I ask why you drink this week, my friend? Uh, I don't have a reason why I drink. That's probably um, good. I know for once, let for me once. have this. Um, I'm sure I could scrounge up a problem in my we, life. We always do, you know. It's hard to believe, but um, next week I am going to the beach with my mom, which um, that already sounds rough. Yeah. To the beach with <laughs> to beach with anyone. To, but the, I don't to know. the beach with anyone. I don't even fucking like the beach. Let's yeah, be the clear. Beach is I overrated. hate the ocean. I hate the sand. There's I hate animals outside. in there. Did you know that? Girl, you're making a joke, right? We've talked about this. I mean, yeah, I like how you hate the animals in there, the fish. Oh my god. Okay, I was yeah. like, do I have to tell you about my no, no, my I'm intense just saying, fear? Like, holy shit, have you heard about the? I don't like it either. I don't. I don't have an intense uh, fear as bad as you do, but I get uh, it. Like, it's not uh, my jam. Not my jam. Uh, I went to oh a lake god, I... recently. I went to a lake, as I told you, almost drowned. Why would you do that? Remember, I was like holding the because I was trying to bring high noons to the people of the lake. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. AKA Renee and Lindsay, and I almost like drowned myself, and they were like, they float. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was in a lake, and that was incredibly traumatic. So I, an ocean is like, I don't think so. Oh, I just can't even tolerate it. I literally, to know that I'll never, I'll never be a surfer. Okay. Like, there's some things <laughs> in my life, there's some things in life where I can look at it, and it's like, I'll die before I know that so knowledge, proud. and I'm fine with it. I'm so proud that I'll know. I also think sometimes, like, why are people surfers? Good for them, but, like, the last thing I'd ever want to do in my life is wake up at 5 a.m. to go into the ocean. And you know what? I'm, I'm, like, my own walking fucking question mark, because I love 
a waterfront view. I love a waterfront view. I love being near water because I like hearing the waves and I like hearing the tide and I like looking at the shore and like the sunsets are beautiful. Like nothing I love more than the view. But if you expect me to stand on a beach, oh my God, we're going to have problems. And so, oh Lord, (laughs) I just can't take it. Also, as I'm learning more about myself in recent years, I'm delving into um, sensory issues I didn't realize I had. So that explains a lot. I just don't like being... Oh, the sensory is bad. I mean, sand... No. I can't imagine someone going to the sand and actually feeling relaxed after being on sand. Especially, like, the ocean is salty, thus sticky, and then you go in the, the sand, and then the sand adheses to you from the sticky water. Adhes- and you have it to adheses shower. adheses to you. Uh-huh. And then... <laughs> it's true! I just can't even tolerate it. Oh, my God. Not a, oh my- <laughs> not a word, but yes, it is true. Um, adheses? Adheses? Adheres? Adheres. Uh, thank you. Adheses. But, um, I really, uh, I really, my dumbass brain thought adhesives was a good It's word. close enough. We all knew what you meant. But so my mom is, um. Yeah, so why are you calling that? Good call. Especially because <laughs> not only me, between me and, between my mom and Tom, there's five of us. Of oh, the no. kids. Oh, I was like, that's not correct. Between me. There's seven <laughs> of us. There's five kids. And not a single child is excited about this trip. Why all are of- you doing it? I mean, it sounds like the quintessential family trip where nobody wants to go except the parents. Well, but. okay, so there we have one who's not even going, which I'm. Is that good you? For him. Are you? No. <laughs> I was like, that sounds like you. There's one that's not even going. Uh, one one has like their own really intense uh, sensory needs more than I have, and they're not interested in going to the beach. But they then have to go anyway. They have to go anyway. Oh, too bad. This is kind of like half of like a graduation present for them. So, oh, that's nice. <laughs> so, like, congratulations. We're going Here, to the place you hate. Roll around in the sand for a few minutes. <laughs> We're so and proud the, of you. Well, I think it's like my mom wants to have like a family. Oh, it'll trip. be lovely, Linda. I'm not. I hope you're not offended. I'm just... no. She's used to all five of us going. Why are we going? Okay, so... <laughs> good. I'm just joking along. Um, no. the The real answer of why we're going is she like already had like uh like she has a timeshare and so she already <laughs> had that scheduled and right. so she was like well while m's in town and there's a graduation it just made sense it made sense what and can so, i ask what town like where is it hilton head which i've gone oh, to I before hilton head, i say as we talk about how much we hate the beach <laughs> <laughs> well so in, in beach towns and, and i love a boardwalk we all know i love oh, a tchotchka. you love a we boardwalk. know i love a tchotchka. you love and anything we, quirky oh yeah i love i love a mini golf you know they've got it there oh, i yeah. love i love anything touristy and awful and how do you novelty. feel about saltwater taffy i want to be a fan i wish i, I was i wish i was too and i, I do don't it. like it i can't do it every I want time to i go so to bad. cape cod or somewhere i'm like okay this is it this year i'll be like yeah and i try it and i'm like Bleh. i don't want I, it I really, I do love every boardwalk's got one of those like holy crap you can smell it candy stores. Yeah, that's the best. I do like those. Yeah. Um, but I can't get into the taffy. The taffy is not it for me. Anyway, so it's it's interesting watching my mom flounder because she's trying to put together a beach trip for the family where <laughs> nobody wants to do anything beach. Like, so this sounds like a weird reality <laughs> show, like a competition <laughs> show. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of, I don't know 
restaurants. My only request was like whatever the cheesiest, most awful mini golf she can find is. Yes. I want to do that. Oh, that'll but be fun. Everything else, I will. Even if I'm not having like the best time, I'm gonna smile through because like I know my mom's putting like hard Aww. effort into this. But if we don't have mini golf, I will become such an evil person. So okay, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I and I'm trying so hard not to revert back to my teenage behavior because my mom will be there but they'll come out if i, I don't say, give any golf your mom will be there so it will happen right 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 yeah. so anyway wow that is quite a reason you were like i don't have a reason but here we are <laughs> but if i dig not too deep hmm. we'll find it <laughs> if um, i just scratch the surface <laughs> <laughs> right no i appreciate my mom trying but it was <clears> like try somewhere else next time try too no i actually there's we i think there's gonna be one day where we like get get out of hilton head and just go to like another city nearby which will be fun we all like a good city so love a good city anyway christine that's why i drank that's why you drank why do you all drink just kidding i can't hear you through my headphones oh ow i can hear you (laughs) so many voices so Um, loud 12 whole voices (laughs) mom Because I have a reason... grateful child who doesn't want to go to the beach. Honestly, if that was the reason why she drinks this week, I don't blame her. I yeah, get take it. her out to a nice winery and it'll be great. Win-win. That's what I'm saying. Like, all of us, well, only one of us is not of drinking age, but I don't know why she didn't just pick something like that, but whatever. I went to a winery recently, by the way. You Had did? the best. The best. Seriously? Sliders Tell of my life. Oh, I thought you were going to say the best time of your life. I was like, wow. That's the best time. Sliders. Like, oh, where food. was the winery? It was in Charlottesville. It was oh, a nice. big winery area. Um, Sounds delightful. Wow. They had sliders that I still can't stop thinking about. Oh. Oof. Anyway. Ready for a scary story? I don't know how to segue out of that. <laughs> I think he did it perfectly. I wouldn't Speaking have even of sliders, noticed. sliders, let's slide into a sca- scary spooky story. There size. it is. You nailed it. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um, so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy we're happy but because we're not mind readers we don't always know when they're unwell and in my experience cats are not the most you know open when it comes to sharing their woes and there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. 
Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD to save 20%. Prettylitter.com slash ATWWD code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Um, we're talking about a seminary today. <gasps> You know I get creeped out by this. It's called the Madison Seminary. Okay. Which made me think, oh, it's going to be in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm. It's not. Womp. Um, Madison's also just a name, which I need to remember more often. Um, it is in Ohio. Oh. Lake County? Is it in Madisonville? Probably not. That would be very convenient. That would be too on the nose. Lake What's, County. There's so many that? places in Ohio where I'm like, it sounds so generic. I have no idea. Oh, it's up by uh, Cleveland. Oh. The Mistake by the Lake. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Well, I'm sure they wouldn't like that. But yes, it, <laughs> that is. That's the official name of Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> the Mistake by the Lake. What a. Oh, I just I just heard something. I just need to stop talking immediately. <laughs> There's something so funny I just thought of a couple of days ago, and now I won't remember it. Anyway. Oh, cool. Good story. <laughs> what did you say yesterday? Quit bragging. <laughs> Quit bragging. Lisa Lampanelli original. <laughs> okay, so Lake County, Ohio. I know, with Virginia, I like... In California, if it's in Northern California, I've never heard of it. And right. in West Virginia, if it's on that little skinny tip, I've never heard of it. Isn't that funny? Uh, yeah, I mean, and Lake County just sounds so generic. Like, a, like an author wrote that as a filler for now. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, in Lake County, Ohio, the Madison Seminary was established in 1847. And the seminary was inside of a very small cottage that was used to host classes for men and women. Um, so the whole thing was a cottage. The whole seminary oh. was a cottage. Um, tiny house, tiny school. I bet there was technically a one-room schoolhouse. One room, I was just thinking. Ooh. I'm like, I'm waiting for you to say it. Oh, you know I love a one-room Ooh, schoolhouse. I sure do. Actually, I have nothing to do today after this, so I think maybe I'm going to go look for one. That's... Look at um, me just planning things in the moment. I'm so avant-garde. You are so quirky and eccentric and original, Um, but my heart did kind of do a little jump when you said that, because that sounds so fun, and I can't wait to hear about it. My therapist, I, I said something about being eccentric, and she went, let's unpack that next week. And I went, no, oh, no. <laughs> why would you say this? She's like, uh-oh, the, the E word came out. <laughs> well, I also told her that I hate the E word, and she was like, interesting, we'll unpack that. And I went, oh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. Should have kept your mouth shut. Uh, okay, so 1847, it's established, and in 1859, so 12 years later, the student body has grown to 150 people. I don't Ooh, run a school. Goodness. That feels slow. I feel, I like, feel in... like that's a lot in a cottage. Okay. In a cottage. Yes. The cottage is overwhelmed. Right. 
I am not at the number of student, oh, you of are student not body impressed. after 12 years. Only 50, only oh, 12 years, yeah. 150 people in 12 years? That's like yeah. not even 15 people or 10 people a year. Oh, that was the total number? I thought it was like by 12 years they had that many in one class. Oh, maybe that is it. I that don't would know. make more sense. Slightly. At any rate, um, to them, business was booming. And okay, so good for them. <laughs> they had to build a boarding hall and attach it to this. I don't know if it's attached or if it's just next to the cottage, but they have a boarding hall now, so people are living there. Okay. In 1891, uh, the seminary is now being donated to the Ohio Women's Relief Corps to house former army nurses and female relatives of the Civil War soldiers. Wow. Um, that included sisters, mothers, widows, and I guess I don't know enough about that era, but it wouldn't surprise me if, like, if your soldier dies and you can't, you need someone to help you live or to, you need to move somewhere because sure. they're not there to help pay rent or whatever. That's what the seminary was used for, for yeah, them to move in. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so this is how legislators agreed to help women who were displaced by the war. And this was before there was a VA or a social security. Mm. Um, so this was their their way, their way of helping. Eventually, the seminary became the home of the National Relief Corps and was renamed the Madison Home instead of the Madison Ooh, Seminary. Okay. And the home expanded over time to... See, this is the type of businesses booming I'm talking about. Okay. 12 years... You're actually, your thought of like maybe it's 150 per year is different. This one sounds more fancy schmancy. Okay. They had to expand uh, eventually to 32,000 square feet of housing and had to create almost 100 dorms. 32, like that is a jump. <laughs> Business is a booming. Booming. Yeah. Um, the most famous resident here was Elizabeth Stiles. Um, who is not related to Harry Styles. And I said, What about. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Ryan what? Styles. <laughs> Ryan Styles? I haven't heard that name in a long time. <laughs> I literally brought him up like five days ago, and someone was like, What a reference. I don't yeah. know why he's What in an my obscure mind. name to say. <laughs> Ryan Styles, his whole feelings are so hurt. Right I'm now. like, who's um, Julia Styles? I'm talking about Ryan. Styles. <laughs> not Harry Styles, God forbid. No, oh, Harry Styles. Oh, yeah, the most I love fa- Ryan Styles. Wow. <laughs> I love whose line is it anyway? It's my favorite show. <laughs> okay, just keep going. <laughs> you got me. Flummox. That was the word you used earlier. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Okay, most famous resident was maybe Ryan Stiles' ancestor, Elizabeth Stiles. Oh, that's who pretty cool. was a Civil War spy, and her and her husband were vocally anti-slavery, but <gasps> um, Confederate sympathizers did not like that and executed her husband. Oh, my God. She saw them execute him. <gasps> oh, no. And she would have been executed herself, but she was... Too pretty to shoot. Oh, there's so much wrong with all of the above. If we were to dive in, we we would not leave for a We'd while. We'd never so. come out, yeah. So they spared her and her children. Great. Um, and I don't know what happened between then 
and the rest of the story, but apparently President Lincoln himself recruited her to become a spy. What? Um, oh, this was so she became a spy after uh-huh. her husband died. Oh, I thought they were both spies. Uh, her and her husband. No, they were, were not just both spies. They were just slavery. Yeah. Got it. And I don't, I don't know how she ran into President Lincoln. I don't know how he looked at her and said, you're going to be one good spy. I don't know what happened. But he okay. recruited her himself. Okay. And she was very good at it. She was so good at it that one time she got caught and arrested and convinced the Confederate officer that she was actually a rebel spy on their side. <gasps> and he released her gave, and gave her his own horse and a better gun. <laughs> okay i'm loving this lady right now <laughs> yeah she said i'm gonna take my pretty looks and do what i need to with them oh uh, um, wow good for her uh but yeah she was apparently just a really good spy and did i cover her on at a live show once ah, it sounds maybe. so familiar like i definitely covered a spy who would like travel in the south and talked her way out of a bunch of stuff but it could have been a different a different person um, anyway, I'm just wondering. I don't know. I don't know. I believe no. But I, I also am just no. fucking I, guessing. I also believe probably not. Um, It'd be a spooky coincidence, wouldn't it? Yeah, I bet there's probably more than one spy. <laughs> there, might, there just might be. The only one there I know is be. like Jason Bourne. Other than that, <laughs> never heard of a spy in my life. Um, so in that, anyway, she was the most famous resident to live there. Okay. In 1904, the Madison home lost its funding and the state took it over and renamed it the longest name I've ever known in my entire life. Um, the It's called The Home for Ohio Soldiers, Sailors, Marines, Their Wives, Mothers, Widows, and Army Nurses. You were not kidding. I thought halfway <laughs> through we were done. I don't... How do you even etch that into stone? Oh, my God. That's... Seriously, it's like they kept saying, oh, what about XYZ? Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate how inclusive they were trying to be, but I'm sure one word could have done just that, you know? And then what like, if you forget one at the end? Now you're like, well, shit. It, the the acronym, I tried to spell out an acronym with it, oh, and that still didn't no. work. It's H-O-S-S-M-T-W-M-W-A-N. Hossamwatawan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Chauncey Bliss's favorite word. <laughs> so the facility had issues. It just sounds like every time someone gets this property, there's problems. Um, the facility had issues, and then in 1953, the state had to hold a year-long investigation over rumors of sexcapades oh my. and parties among the staff um, who were taking care of Ohio soldiers, sailors, marines, their wives, mothers, widows, and army nurses. So, and Chauncey um, Bliss. And Chauncey Bliss. So they ended up having to get new management because I guess the prior staff was having too good of a time. Hmm. And in 1962, the home belongs to the Ohio Department of Mental Hygiene and Corrections. Oh, that sounds like a very scary. That sounds like one flew out of the cuckoo's nest or something. Yes, I don't like, I don't want to be part of it. I don't want them knocking on my door. Let's put it the, that way. The Department of Mental Hygiene and Corrections. Oof, Oof. I just feel like anyone who works there is a piece Mental of shit. Mental hygiene. I just feel like they're going to like scrub my brain with a That's lobotomy. what I think. Ugh. And maybe it's just actually like a lovely, lovely therapist who all she cares about is saving people She's and like, helping them out. Let's talk about eccentricity. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> let's unpack that next week. Um, so anyway, the they it now belongs to them, this building and the remaining older residents who lived there before it became the Department of Mental Hygiene 
they were returned to their families or moved to nursing homes so that way they could just start out clean with new people coming in oh okay the home was renamed by the department of mental hygiene as opportunity village (laughs) okay that sounds like the most sinister pleasantville bullshit i ever heard like the mental hygiene association is like i know they'll never they'll never undercut under... It sounds like it could be like a nickname for like, up like the United States trying to be all the American dream. Like, yes. welcome to Opportunity Village. It's or like, like one of those VHS tapes they would put in. Like, welcome to your first day on the job. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. wondering how you ended up in Opportunity Village. It's like <laughs> uh, something sinister about that. No, it feels really dark for no reason at all. Yeah. I, and again, there's probably just some lovely occupational therapist who just really <laughs> wants to like live out her dream of helping people. She's just like hand painting like Opportunity Village on yeah. a thing and we're just being such assholes about it's the like, name. Ma, I got it. The job in Opportunity Village. I've always wanted it. I've always wanted <laughs> I'm packing up, Ma. Our lives are about to change. I'll see ya. I'll see ya, I will. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? <laughs> that being taken over by Opportunity Village. Oh no. That's getting sucked in. Oh, we lost a good one. <laughs> okay, so anyway, it was renamed Opportunity Village, and someone had to talk like that. Sure. Um, and so it ended up housing psychiatric patients that were overflow from the Cleveland State Hospital. Got it. Cleveland State Hospital. Um, so by doing this, Opportunity Village became an extension of... I, I don't totally understand the I don't know enough about the logistics of this, but there were patients in Cleveland State Hospital. There were too many of them, so they're now going over to Opportunity Village. But by doing this, the building became an extension of the Apple Creek Institution. And I wonder if that's like the oh. I wonder if that was like they worked with the Cleveland State Hospital or in like some how way they came in like you don't know how they came into play yeah in, in some way all three of them are connected to each other um maybe there's the apple creek institution and the that institution is at cleveland state hospital right. i don't know but all three of them are working together opportunity village housed women specifically who uh were mostly independent but couldn't live completely on their own so they just had some additional needs okay. um and it also housed women from the Ohio Women's Reformatory, who did occupational therapy to transition back into the public. Oh, okay. Um, there were rumors around town of patient abuse and mm. even one woman being murdered. Oh, I miss the sexcapade rumors. Those were more fun. Yeah, you should have just cut the original staff. They know how to throw down. They were having a good time. Yeah, it sounds like everyone was having a good time at Opportunity Village. Amen. <laughs> and so... Uh, unfortunately, Opportunity Village closes because of these rumors of abuse. Mm. And eventually through the 80s, the building becomes multiple things, including a police department and an office administration offices. And that being said, now we're all the way into the 80s and 90s. And ghosts have been a thing ever since the beginning of time, since it was a seminary. Um, Ghosts have been rumored to be here all the way back then, I guess, at one point. Uh, when students lived on campus there or in the little cottage they had a doctor's office um, that they built for the students and there was a ghost that used to show up in the office and would move objects around and interact with patients what 
I don't like that. I wonder why. Like, I wonder how they ended up there. Especially because with renovations, I feel like you stir up old stuff, but this feels like all, like maybe it appeared with the like building. brand new. Yeah, that's bizarre. But so it like maybe it felt crowded with the walls around it. Maybe it was just like Yeah, maybe it was like roaming. someone who'd lived on the land before and then was like, ooh, a house. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember those. I had one. I had one of those. Yeah, so they would move objects. Um it would touch people, and when the building was used as an office space, employees would see doors open and close, lights and sinks turn on by themselves, uh, they'd hear footsteps in the hallways, and they would always feel themselves being watched. But my yeah. favorite thing about this time is that there was a ghost who would, in front of everybody, pick up their their phone, the office phone, <laughs> and it would dial numbers. <gasps> What? <laughs> is this like a rotary phone? I guess so. Yeah, it would just. It, but apparently, people saw this, it just and then lips. they would. Ha- oh my god! And and it wouldn't hang up, so it would just dial people and then leave the phone there, and you would now have to talk to people. It's literally that's your phone anxiety nightmare. nightmare. Yeah, that's my nightmare. That's like a, a ghost who's trying to torture me. Um, <laughs> it's just like now you have to explain why you called. <laughs> and they would have to. Apparently, they'd all have to be like, "I'm sorry, I didn't it actually mean to call ghost. you." Ghost, you get it. Oof. I, I could totally see Harry in your house just picking up your phone and butt dialing someone for you and then just leaving it open. <laughs> I don't give him any ideas. Oh, I forgot to tell you. I think I saw a ghost yesterday. Shut the fuck up, Christine. I'm not kidding. And I it's it's never happened before. But in the past couple weeks, I kept you know that thing where you're like something out of the corner of your eye and you're like, I don't like that. And it's been happening a lot the last few weeks. And since I moved in, it was not ever an issue. Um, but so it's been happening more. And then yesterday I was sitting in my office chair while my brother was trying to fix something over here on the mixer. And like, literally the door was open, like cracked open pretty far. And I just saw somebody like walk up to the doorway out of the corner of my eye and then just keep walking into the bathroom. And I was like, I swear to God, my whole body like froze. And I was (laughs) like, I'm going to look to the right. There's not going to be anybody there. So I forced myself to look and there was nobody there. And I was like, I have to pee. And I got up and looked in the bathroom. Of course, nobody there. But I'm telling you, like a tall person he, walked past. Did he stop paused. and like look at you? Yeah, like paused in the doorway. And I was Woo! like, oh. So I was like, well, it's taller than Blaze. Ooh. I don't know. I'd, and my brother was obviously, I could see him. So it was not him. But I was like, I don't. That's the first time that's ever happened here. So I don't know that's what it means. That's some insidious shit is it like getting stronger yeah i don't know it's moments like that where if i ever see something in the corner of my eye every time my my gut feeling and not not a real gut feeling but my fabricated one to make me like be able to sleep at night is i tell myself oh i just caught a time traveler that's almost scarier to me but i always pretend it's me time traveling oh okay because i'm like why are you in my house time traveler get out no no no. if if i ever see something in the corner of my eye i'm like ooh, i almost busted myself okay i could do that and then that way i'm like i maybe it was you you it was really tall 
Yeah, exactly. Maybe I went. You. Maybe I was on a mission and I was like, oh shit, I got spotted and I had to flee. And then you went looking for me in the bathroom. But I, I mean, you need left. to be much more uh, careful, careful. I know, because I can't live like this. I'm really bad at it o- over here too. I just I keep almost getting busted. Stop! You're freaking me out. <laughs> and I keep waiting for the day that I'll finally be recruited to be a time traveler, so that way we can get you these can missions confirm cooking. It. Yeah, you can be like, oh, it was me all along. Yeah, um, exactly. But I didn't tell my brother, and I was like, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut but once you just said harry i was like oh maybe mm. that was him i don't know maybe us talking about him is like opening i something know that's up. what so i'm worried about and then i don't do stop <laughs> oh okay well I i'll just, follow your I lead clearly <laughs> can't stop myself so as long as he doesn't disturb my naps i'm we're in the clear him and me so maybe that's what you were trying to do and you're time traveling you were trying to check on your nap spot which is right oh that was I, not available to this day i don't think i've ever known a better nap spot in my life oh I wanted to add real quick, speaking of ghosts, that um, y'all were right. There was some weird. Did you hear about the audio issues in? Uh, I heard about it, but I haven't heard the actual audio issue. The but listener it's been taken episode, out now, right? it's been taken out. People were messaging me like, you really, you really got me good. And I was like, what? And like, people thought we were pranking them because mm-hmm. at the end when it was like me talking about how the I dolls, would deal right? the dolls. And so it was a listener episode. And near the end, like... All the audio is totally fine. Near the end, I start talking about like, this is what I would do with the doll. And all of a sudden, my voice turns into this like bizarre, echoey, like it's almost like my voice is layered on top of itself. <sighs> ah. And Eva and Jack, our editor, went back and listened to the original before he exported it. And it sounds completely normal. So it was just the exported version had this mm. weird like several minutes of me talking in like a creepy double layer um and so people thought we were like pranking them and i was like no nope. ah, wasn't me um and, and that eva, was we talked about ptd and that yes and i said i'm not scared to say her name and uh who said that i did because i'm well you're idiot. stupid i know and look at that my voice was fine look your at your voice was fine um and so just fyi folks we were not that was not intentional <laughs> i don't know what happened oh oh my gosh yikes Yeek. well Anyway, yeah, there are dolls out there. Apparently, there's time travelers out there. Christine's seeing things in her house. <sighs> Yikes! It's well, a tough time. once once the ghost starts to um, pick up your phone for you and start calling and start <laughs> calling people and not hanging up, that's when you really need to like bring an exorcist. In. Shit. So that was happening here. Uh, the office phones were getting picked up, and staff had to then explain to people why oh they were my calling. God. Nightmare. Also, many people saw a woman in the upstairs hallway and also started seeing her in the upstairs window from outside. No, 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 no. A Cleveland news station tried to actually film a piece on this place, but their cameras all stopped working at the exact same time. <laughs> oh, she is a good spy. Yeah, she's like, what are you doing she's now? like, I can disable your equipment. Well, other recording equipment uh, started also freaking out. Mm-hmm. And just like how no one was actually calling anyone on those phones and a ghost was doing it, no one was pressing record on a lot of this equipment yet, but the equipment would start recording all by itself random conversations that the crew was having. Ew! And then it would stop recording, play back, like rewind, and then press play so that way people could hear their voices being recorded. Do you wonder if maybe they were saying an EVP and they were like, listen back. Oh, said something into the tape. Oh, that's genius, Christine. That would be a very advanced ghost. Don't get me wrong, but to even have the awareness of an EVP, 
to then I say, talk I left this. you a message in here. Yeah. Oh, that's I interesting. I don't know. Or maybe it was like, now you're the EVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Here, it's you talking. But yeah, that's, about... that freaks me out for for the ghost to have knowledge on how to use a recording yeah. equipment and, and then play it back for you. what year was this that they were filming or they were trying to do a documentary? Was this like in the tape days? I like think in the, deck? I think in the eight, late 80s, early 90s. Okay, so it would have been like a quite a to-do to start recording. You have to like put a proper tape in. and And also, what if you don't bring enough literal film back then yeah like what if it like takes away your ability to film you know that sucks um and anchor uh actually started trying to film there saw the equipment starting on its own because the crew wasn't ready yet and she freaked out and she (laughs) ran off because it just Ah! freaked her out so much and as she ran off seconds later right where she was standing a window pane blew out of the house oh my god what that's scary Mm-hmm. that's dangerous one student that worked there actually quit their job because they kept hearing voices telling them to leave Ugh. employee i'd be like okay yeah i'd be like you got it dude bye employees would hear children playing when no one was there and the sound of people in the halls when there was nobody there got so loud that it started setting off the police alarms oh my god one electrician working there saw a woman with dark eyes and dark hair and a white nightgown floating off of the floor. And she charged at the electrician, chased him away into a hallway, and then vanished. There's something about, like, them charging at you. Ugh. It's just so bad. It, it's, it's, I don't like I'm it. still haunted by the story you told yesterday or last week for people listening where the guy's consciousness moved to the person across the room and then ran toward himself. Oh, oh, it's like, gonna you haunt know, me forever. That story. You know, something was looking at you and charging at you and wanted you to see it from its perspective. Hor- like horrifying, like my the goose cam central. Ugh. So in 1993, the building went up for rent again, and the ad for it said, For rent, historic building on Middle Ridge Road can be leased cheap. Caution, building may be haunted. Wink. <laughs> I feel like if it, you're trying to sell this place and you're trying to pitch it and you already have to give a warning that it might be haunted, girl, read through the lines. Just it is haunted. lean into it, you know? Be like, it's haunted as fuck. We're not going to lie to you. so haunted, and this is us soft launching that to you? Yeah soft launching in 1998 the building was sold to a private owner and people just started doing investigations on the ground so as of 98 it's pretty much just for investigations today its main use is paranormal investigations and it said that quote no one leaves disappointed (gasps) i want to go you're a mess after everything i just said you're like pack up we immediate immediate let's go you forgot everything we just talked about, about how we, the phone thing, yep. the phone, that alone. That's, that's the magic of, uh, of my brain. It's very good at compartmentalizing, so I don't remember any of that. I wonder if the ghosts have kept up with how equipment works. The times, yeah. Like, do you think you need to bring an analog recorder for them to turn it on, or do you think Great they can do it with, like, question. an infrared camera? So when we go, we should bring like a tape recorder because that's like the old school, you know, a recorder of a recorder to record us recording. Oh, okay, sure, 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 yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Eva, did she get the, catch that? <laughs> so when the building was a hospital, everyone lived on site, and one of the popular ghosts there was a nurse, or one of the most popular ghosts today 
is a nurse who lived and worked there around that time. And he's said to be super tall and is usually seen peeking around doors into former patients' rooms as if he's doing check-ins. <gasps> That's kind of what it felt like here. Like a tall figure kind of like looked in and then kept walking. Ugh. Like, you good? I, well, I'm not usually, so he has a lot of work to do. <laughs> he's very, this tall figure is very possessive of his old room. And today, people do not like going into his space because they feel something eerie there. Yeah, I get it. Listen, I'm not good. You don't want me there? Fine. It's always it's always weird to me when someone says like, oh, and he likes to peek around corners. Because in my mind, there's like kind of a lunge to that where he's like kind of, it's a little too aggressive. And it, I, I imagine I'd be really startled if I saw someone like come out from behind a door that wasn't supposed to be yeah, there. Yeah, and it's also like the the way it's worded as peeking, it feels like just their top half kind of comes into yeah. view Ooh, which is like it. somehow so much creepier yeah i don't want to i don't want your full body to be here but also where yeah is don't it? get me wrong <laughs> <laughs> but also i'd like to know that it exists yeah. <laughs> and so it's interesting that it seems like oh it's just checking in as if he's a doctor and it's not harmful or scary at all but don't go in his room hmm. mm-hmm this ghost is usually very friendly or at least non-threatening, but has been known to be hostile towards people um, who bother him. Oh, God. Okay. So he's like, I won't act unless provoked. Oh, I don't like that. In 2016, the owner began turning rooms into time capsules by restoring them to their former glory, <gasps> which made the ghosts even more active. Oh, actually, I kind of love that. Me too. That's a cool. And then I feel like that's cool to just even visit, you know, to yeah. see it um to at least know like oh what it looked like at the time yeah it's like your one room schoolhouse back in its full glory (laughs) i can't even think about it (laughs) elizabeth styles the famous spy she died in the house and now haunts the wittenmeyer college no wittenmeyer cottage building oh she floats around in her vintage dress okay girl and (laughs) she's eager to interact with investigators so psychics have had full conversations with her and she will appear by choice to guests and staff so not like a random manifestation you catch with your like you catch by accident she will at like free will just appear for she you. is a good spy even now in the afterlife always in hiding until she wants to make her move i yeah. am impressed i am i kind of want to go here okay take me, take me to there please we can go we can go yes we can go eva we'll... right right down this timestamp. But only if Elizabeth Stiles is there because she seems like a real homie. I um, would love to chat with her. She alleges, no, no. She allegedly likes the furniture improvements and has moved into her favorite room. Um, I saw one of the sources said that she has vocally given her opinion about the furniture. And I'm like, what does that mean? Vocally. <laughs> I'm like, also. She's if, like, if, next. I was going to say, yeah, that could mean she gives the thumbs up or she's very vocally she's not interested. Not in... about it. The mid, mid-century mid modern, not her thing. Not her thing. When uh, furniture was being put into the cottage for the first time, another spirit of a woman appeared who now is also seen walking around. So I guess she liked the furniture and it kind of brought her back. Oh my God. So she just was like, boop. 
here yeah. I am. Nice oh, sofa. That chair was all it took this entire yeah, time for me to get it's here. Weird. Maybe it was a fainting couch. She's like, finally, somewhere for me to rest. A day bed, Christine. Oh, if, I know you love a day bed. If something happens to me and you don't keep a pillow in your nap section for me at all I moments, mean, hello. We're yeah. gonna have a problem. Although I'm facing it while we record, so if you something happens to you and you just like appear right behind my laptop, <laughs> it's not gonna be good for my mental health. But uh, you'll. It, me haunting your house at best is just me hanging out with Gio and you'll hear snores from that corner. Yeah, that's true. It's not going to be anything that insidious. Any yummy food will be opened in your pantry. <laughs> Leona's going to love it. She's going to be like, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also, this is interesting, though, because it sounds like once the renovations happened and they were restoring it, all of a sudden more ghosts it became more active. Yeah. So I'm wondering, are the ghosts that were there that we knew about already, did they become heightened in power or did we accidentally like bring people from the other side back to become right. ghosts? Were they like laying low and they were just like yeah. in wait for the right day bed to appear? Or was it like, or what if they had some, if they're bringing in period pieces like to furnish the place, what if they some were attached to oh. some of the furniture and they got so brought? So mo- they're moving in. They're moving in. That makes the most sense to me because I, the idea of there being more ghosts in this house that just need one piece of furniture That's to ignite so them. That's so alarming to I ignite them. Exactly. It's like, I don't like that they're like waiting to hatch out of their little. Yeah. Ooh. It's like they're just waiting for me to bring that one high chair in or something for them to start really getting it going you know <laughs> the one high chair yeah so i wonder if uh maybe they're attached to the furniture i don't know maybe i um uh the one ghost with the boots in my room he oh, tried yeah, to sh- yeah, yeah. he tried to show up last night no what happened i just felt him and i was i just went i waved my hands i went nope nope <laughs> <laughs> we're too old for this shit now we're like oh I come would- on I know him and I have been doing this tango for like 28 years. And I'm like, I just went, no, no, I don't like that. (laughs) And then I went, two options here. You can stay in this room while I sleep and you don't bother me. Or go away. You can have the room back on Friday when I'm gone. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Okay. And did you leave? Yeah, he went away. Good. Yeah. So I think we've got an understanding at this point. I think because now I'm probably the age his ghost has been this entire time. So maybe now we're peers. He's like, "Mm, finally, you get all my aches and pains. Yeah. I'm like, just leave me alone for like two seconds. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. That's right, you can sign up now at BarkBox.com drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. 
ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ah, okay. So these, these, the furniture has brought these new spirits in. Right. And when, so now there's a third spirit in this same cottage. So in the one cottage, there's Elizabeth Stiles, the spy. And she really started showing up because she liked when they started doing the restorations. Right. Then a whole second spirit that we didn't even know about showed up during the restorations because she also liked the furniture. And now in the same cottage that they haunt, there's also a third spirit named Stephen, who is allegedly the son of a soldier's widow, and he died in that house in childhood. Oh, no, it's a little boy ghost. Sad. But he's got two furniture enthusiasts there to help him. He's got Elizabeth Stiles and another woman. He has cozy places to take a nap. They have a chosen family together. That's nice. Um, He's apparently... A real little cutie pie, too, because he's not shy and he likes appearing before people and he likes to play games and he is very happy here. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. There's a ghost uh, named Sarah who haunts the ward where patients lived. And some say she is a kid, but other people say that she is an older woman with dementia and just has kind of the memories of a kid. Oh, interesting. Either way, she's very kind. Her room is set up to keep her happy and people bring her gifts and books and toys that she plays with. And she does respond when spoken to and has said that she's happy. Okay, well, that's nice. Um, In 2013, there was an article where a woman said that they were having issues with one of the dolls in the building. Yeah. Moving around by itself. (laughs) They would just find this doll. I don't know what I expected, but. I know, like, it could only be so many things. Like, at that yeah, point. what happens next? <laughs> yeah, they were saying, like, we can't keep this one doll from moving all over the building on its own. The doll so. shows up in locked rooms. No, no, no. He, The doll is found sitting in the hallways looking at you. Nah. And the doll is found looking out of windows from the outside of the building. Okay, which is worse, the doll or the woman in the window? The doll. For sure. Okay. Just want to make sure that I'm following properly. Uh, A quote from the article. If you ask me, the scariest thing about the place right now is that creepy doll. We can never, (laughs) we can never find it when we look for it. And yet a day later, we'll discover it sitting at the bottom of the stairs where someone will see it. Okay. So it's also like hiding from people. This is so gross. I'm sorry. No, it is. And it's like, I. It makes me so uncomfy. I'm like, is something possessing the doll or is there someone carrying the doll around as like a symbolic, oh, you can see this, you can see me popping around. Or do you think it's just like that little kid, Steven, and he's just actually (gasps) playing with the doll? carrying it around. You're right. It could be his toy. I didn't think of that. Like it could be not meant to be threatening and he doesn't even get that it's so he's fucking like, scary to us he's like in the window and everyone's like ah! <laughs> <laughs> it could be like a total accident <laughs> this poor kid <laughs> oh no i wonder if he was standing next to the woman who was getting interviewed for that article and he just heard the scariest thing about this house is that freaking doll and he's like what oh, 
So he hits the like record button. He's probably hitting the <laughs> buttons on the tape recorder too. I'm yeah. starting to understand. The third floor um, of what was the hospital is now said to be one of the bigger hot spots here. This is where patients with um, heavier, with more needs okay. lived. Um, and some think that because these patients would have been the most vulnerable to abuse, Oh. But that's why their spirits are now the most that's active. Sad. One male spirit here uh, wants people to stay away from his room and will shove people out and does not like being questioned by investigators, just doesn't want anything to do with them. Oh, God. And if he is one of the patients who lived here and dealt with patient abuse, can you blame him for wanting no. strangers to not be in his room? No, I mean, that's just probably traumatizing for him probably get the fuck out i don't know you um and many investigators who know to leave this room alone or to leave him alone and still go in there will leave with scratches on them oh which like i kind of respect those scratches though i'm like it doesn't sound like it's demonic it sounds like you're not respecting boundaries and his space yeah yeah so what a shock consequences (laughs) um <laughs> and meanwhile you i feel like this is a, a lecture you're giving me after we walk out and you're like what a shock christine consequences and i'm like i know you warned me i i can't definitely add that into the uh the arsenal of things i just say to you when you might have to <laughs> when things go exactly as expected what was it <laughs> what was the thing i used to say i used to like put it on my little uh letter board it was like well 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 if it isn't the consequences of my own actions (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) on the same floor uh, is the spirit of another kid who was a patient here and he's said to be very friendly and communicative with equipment and he gives a lot of evps which is nice oh um there are also spirits of twin boys who are peeking around corners at you that is what i call the shining yeah forget it that's the shining why is everyone peeking around the doors god well interesting that you say that because i can't explain the first one where he also creeps people out but with the twins that are peeking at you many investigators say that most of the spirits here are children and they a lot of children usually if they saw strangers in their home they'd be really curious but shy to approach oh my next thought is that they would feed off of that and something dark could be posing yeah, as a child. They're acting curious trick. so you can like egg them on and say, no, come hang out with us. It's, la, it's safe. Come in. Yeah. Inviting Mary. Yep. Ding, ding, dumbest, ding. dumbest night of my life. Um, <laughs> well, 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 if it isn't the consequences <laughs> of our own actions. Well, look at that. Consequences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so some of these spirits will eventually come forward, but after some activity with equipment, it'll kind of go stale again because kids would usually retreat back after some hesitation. Right. But of course, there is something darker here, um, an entity made of combined multiple dark spirits. <gasps> oh, like a rat king. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my brain goes. Yeah, like a rat king. Kind of. They're all intertwined. Yeah, so one psychic said that there are a few dark spirits who, I guess, formed an alliance and smushed into each other. Smushed Um, together. (laughs) So there are two spirits that make up one dark spirit. The first spirit (sighs) is one who abused patients. Oh, no. 
And the other is the one who allegedly murdered a woman on the property. Oh, my God. So these two assholes are like, woohoo, let's get together and form a team, Mm -hmm. sickos. So they combined into one really dark entity that people have experienced. And when seen by psychics, it appears as a shadow figure. And it has split in two and run off in different directions. <laughs> you just gave me goose camp. Oh, no, it splits in two. I'm telling you. Oh, oh, everything about that is bad. Bad, bad. You know, I. What if both split off and charge you at the same time? Yeah. What if they come at you from different directions? Oh, oh. my Lord. I just like. What I, if I, instead it was like Elizabeth Stiles, the spy, and instead of it being two evil spirits, it was actually three spirits in a trench coat. And she just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> they would just kind of disassemble and run off when they and it's got those busted. Tw- it's those twins and that little boy, and they're like, "Oh no, we've been caught!" <laughs> and the doll is like the head of the spirit. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, oh, I don't think I realized that like shadow people. At least a lot of investigators think shadow people are like really dark entities. Yeah, I, that's I, what I heard too. I always thought like, oh, shadow person is just like some weird like interdimensional thing, but like. Apparently, the more I watch these ghost shows, the more people say, oh, shadow people are, like, usually inherently dangerous and dark. And I'm like, oh, so that kind of lends credence to that, what you just said. I have always heard that, I mean, I've always gone off of, like, if it doesn't want you to be afraid, then you're probably fine because it's trying to. But then again, that little fucking homegirl at the Queen Mary, she didn't want us to be scared, you know? But we were so, kind of scared, so maybe I was a little scared. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like if you're gen, if you genuinely feel at peace. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, anytime I've seen a ghost with my eyes, luckily it was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. And it always looked as the real person. So true. So maybe if it's only a shadow figure, if it doesn't want you to know its identity. I will say, like, it could the, be anything. I don't know. The person that I saw in my doorway the other day was like a dark figure. Ugh. Like, it wasn't like a, like, it was just like almost like a silhouette, like a dark silhouette. But I don't necessarily think it was like a shadow person. You know what I mean? Like, in the traditional sense. Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm happy. Like, ignorance is bliss in this. Yeah. Because if I see a shadow person, I want to have a little comfort that maybe it wasn't yeah 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 agreed agreed let's just go with that theory well even if you don't run into that being or beings a lot of people still feel like they're being watched in the rooms they feel a heavy darkness in the rooms and madison seminary is now a historical site and functions solely as a paranormal destination and on weekends people can do self-guided flashlight tours self-guided self-guided they're like we don't even want to be part of it okay or you can book an overnight investigation um wow and many people get responses when they ask questions to the spirits in forms of knocks flashlight manipulation detector fluctuations um it just seems that someone is always open to communicate with you but warning because a lot of people have left with stomach pains feeling total dread burning sensations scratch marks on them being pushed all that good stuff so um check it out if you want that's the madison seminary oh lord um i feel like we should go there and do an overnight it sounds like you get a lot of activity Right? I think we should go, even if it's not for, like, the tour. I think we should go just I to see agree. what happens. Just to, like, take a little peek. Just a fun little peeksies. Aww. Um, 
yeah, we'll see what Eva says. If Eva says no, then I guess we don't go. But <laughs> mom, <laughs> it is it is interesting that if whatever Eva says goes, if she it's goes, true, I don't think so. It's like, oh yeah, I didn't it think doesn't so even have to either. be. I don't think so. It can just be like, um, and then we'll be like, never mind. You're right. Terrible yeah. idea. <laughs> yeah, we're very good at um. If we don't get immediate enthusiasm, Correct. we don't even want to do it anymore. Correct. We're like, yeah, you're right. We're not doing it. Never mind. We were wrong and stupid. <laughs> I'll unpack that next week with my therapist. Yeah, you have a lot to unpack next week. You might have to push that one a week. Oh, boy. Um, good story. I've never even heard of that. Um, well, I have a wild one for you today. Um, this is the story of Lori Arnold, a.k.a. the Queen of Meth. Oh my god, wow. Yeah. I don't know about her. I'm excited to. I didn't either. Um, but there's apparently a new docuseries about her. Um, so if anyone has seen that, you may sound familiar. Um, so Lori Arnold, she was born and raised in Ottumwa, which is a small town in Iowa, and was the middle of three with an older brother named Tom, and he definitely comes into play, and a younger brother named Scott. Uh, her parents had her brother Tom when they were just teenagers. And so they were not ready to raise children, um, especially because their mom was a partier, lived like a pretty wild lifestyle. Um, and so when Lori was three, her parents got divorced and a judge granted full custody of all three children um, to her mother. But then her mother relinquished custody to their father. <laughs> so mm. she got full custody in the divorce and then relinquished it to their father. Um, because she didn't want the responsibility of three children who were all under the age of four. And in retrospect, Tom, the oldest, believes giving them up was the best thing she could have done for them because she just was not equipped to raise them mm. and care for them. Uh, so Lori grew up following her brother Tom around. He was only a year older than her, and they were extremely close. Um, she liked to like rough house, uh, wear jeans, hang out with the boys in the sixties. She was known as a tomboy type, mm -hmm. um, who didn't adhere to the expectations of most girls her age, which, um, you know, up until recently, I feel like that was a very contra not controversial. I don't know the right word, but like a hard pill for some people to swallow when little girls refuse to wear dresses. Um, oh, yeah. Somehow it's still shocking to somehow some people. Somehow it's still hard for people. But so in the 60s, you can imagine this was like not cool with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. uh, in an interview, Lori has said, I walk like a truck driver, I cuss like a sailor, and I fight like a man. And you know, she parties like an animal. <laughs> she I parties know she... like an animal. That's for sure. <laughs> she sounds like someone I want to only go to parties with. Yeah, well, she is also the queen of meth, so be careful. Oh. Never mind. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I forget where we're heading every time. I, know, I always think okay. that you're just describing someone I could vibe with. But I like it because I feel like you close your eyes and let me just lead the way, you know, which is a very dangerous thing to let me do. So yeah, you'll be like, and over there are the lava pits and over here is the <laughs> oops. <laughs> Oopsies. Yeah. Uh, there's a cliff somewhere. Yeah. Uh oh. <laughs> um, yeah. So thank you for letting me lead the way. Um, Anyway, when Lori was nine years old, her dad married their next door neighbor, Ruth. And Ruth had two children from a previous marriage and then had two more children with Lori's dad. So now they are a family of seven. 
Lori butted heads with her stepmother, Ruth, who wanted Lori to start wearing dresses and behaving more feminine. I know. But Lori was very stubborn. She would hide her jeans and T-shirts somewhere outside the house, like under a bush. And then she would leave an address, change in an alley on the way to school and head to school. Like the quintessential like high school, what you see in a movie. Yes, 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 yes. Like, sure, I'll eat my lunch. Thank you. And then like tossing it or something on your way to school. Lori did pretty well in school. Uh, She played sports. She took accelerated classes. She got good grades. And her classmates remember her as being ambitious and calculating. So this is a wild story, Em. In seventh grade, Lori found out a girl was afraid to walk home because a bully picked on her every day on her route. So Lori told the girl she would walk her home every day to protect her from the bully. Aww. For the low, low price of $2 a day. Okay. See, that's what's up, though. See, she said... I'll help you. You help me. Yeah. with <laughs> And today, with inflation, that's about $20 a day. So that's pricey for uh Oh, damn. I didn't even think about inflation. Grader. Um, Lori had a reputation as a tough girl. So for the girl who was being bullied, it seemed like a great setup, right? So yeah. every day, the girl would pay Lori $2. And uh, Lori would walk her home. Then Lori would drop her off safe and sound turn around and meet up with the bully and pay them half of the two dollars so they what? both got paid oh my god what what was even the reason she was like paying the bully to intimidate this girl so oh, that she could get paid to walk her home she's like created this whole racket that's great oh this i didn't even such a racket like and she's in seventh grade i mean what a trip i thought she was i thought this was a legitimate bully and she was just paying the bully for no reason that makes total sense that they were in on this together no she would turn around meet up with the bully and then they would go get hamburgers together <laughs> i love that good for good for you making a buck wherever you Listen, can make that paper Lori. i don't know what to tell you but uh she's she's really um an individual. So when Tom was 15, he decided he missed his birth mom, uh, especially because he'd been hanging out at her house and she had no rules. So she let him drink, have his girlfriend over. Um, and so he was like, fuck this. I'm moving in with mom. She lets me do whatever I want. So at 15 years old, he moved in with her. And Lori, being 14 and really close to her brother, followed and moved in with their mother as well. Unfortunately, things went downhill from here because her mom worked at the local Elks Club, which hosted frequent parties, and that meant 14-year-old Lori had to start working as a cocktail waitress, uh, and her mom would provide her with diet pills that would give Mm. her the energy to get through shifts. And from what I know about diet pills in the, you know, 70s, 80s, is they're basically amphetamine. They're basically speed. Mm -hmm. So... She was constantly around adults who were drinking and doing drugs, and she was on these on basically speed and having to work as a cocktail waitress. So basically, she matured very quickly. She missed a lot of school, and then she started dating a man uh, who told Lori's mom he was 18, but was actually 23. Uh, and keep in mind, she's 14. Oof. So... This man, who says he's 18, but is actually 23, had recently divorced his 15-year-old wife. (gasps) Oh, my God. And so now is dating Lori. And meanwhile, Lori's mom had remarried a police officer. And this police officer went to threaten Lori's boyfriend and gave him an ultimatum saying, you either marry Lori or you go to prison for statutory rape. Mm -hmm. 
So this guy decided to marry Lori in 1974, and Lori's mom drove them across state lines to Missouri, where a 14-year-old could legally marry an adult. So Lori dropped out of eighth grade and moved in with her now husband, Bobby Rogers. And again, she is 14. So Lori's brother, Tom, said, I had this terrible feeling like her childhood was over and whatever innocence she had. I got to be a kid. I got in a lot of trouble, but nobody made me marry an adult who was a serial pedophile. Mm. And he basically felt that their mother had almost served Lori up to a predator. And it basically destroyed Tom's relationship with his mother. Um, And their relationship became openly hostile from that point on. And up until her death... And onward, he still felt very, um, he felt a lot of animosity toward his mother for for basically driving Lori to get married to this man. Mm. Um, Bobby physically abused Lori. And after six months of marriage, she found out he was cheating on her with a 12-year-old. Cheating on her? Hmm. I know. The wording... I, know those, I know those aren't your words, your words, but who? But yes, it's almost like, how do you even phrase that? Because cheating on her, they are married technically, but she is a child still. And cheating Oof. with a 12-year-old is not, that's not what that is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Big yikes. So Lori called Tom, her brother, to pick her up, and she divorced Bobby. Um, She tried to go back to school to finish eighth grade, but based on an IQ test, the state accelerated her right past ninth grade into 10th grade. Oh, okay. Which was cool. But she still felt uncomfortable being at school. She felt like she was an adult now. She didn't fit in with the other teenagers. I mean, she'd been married and divorced, right? And now she's in 10th grade. Like, it's a bizarre scenario to be in. Um, So Lori ended up dropping out of high school and getting her GED. When she was 16, she met a woman at a local club named Shirley who ran a brothel and poker games out of her house. Wow. So this woman, Shirley, took Lori in for several years, and Lori said, no, thank you. I don't want to do sex work. So instead, Shirley had her do drug runs for her. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, good. So she would go to the pharmacy once a week and say, I'm here for Shirley's order. And she assumed Shirley had like connections with the pharmacist and the pharmacist was like on the sly giving her like drugs. But eventually Lori actually figured out these drugs were just allergy pills that Shirley was selling as speed at the poker games. Which I wonder if she even judged that or if she was like oh another businesswoman i see oh you want to know because the next bullet says she thought it seemed like a good deal so she started doing the same thing (laughs) i was gonna say like after her you know paying paying the bully thing is sort of like the ethics are wishy-washy you know to her like she's like well yeah yeah i don't know no harm no foul (laughs) victimless crime i feel like is where her mind was at. not quite true but um that's what she told herself So eventually, Lori was friends with everyone in town. She had a reputation as a tough girl, but also friendly and outgoing. So she was like very engaging as a person. She was constantly partying, which kept exposing her to dangerous situations, uh, including a time when she was 18 and was sexually assaulted by two police officers. Mm. So at at this young age, she was already in quite quite a dangerous environment. Then she met a man named Floyd Stockdall. Now, Floyd was the captain of the Grim Reaper's motorcycle gang. 
And if you research the Grim Reaper's motorcycle gang, there are all these articles about them going away for like 150 years, like uh, going to prison. They have quite a storied past, this gang. A collective rap sheet. A collective (laughs) rap sheet that spans many miles. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So this guy, the captain of the Grim Reaper's Floyd, his nickname was Sin. Stop it. That's so I, cool. I know. I told I told Allison I thought that should be her nickname because it's like Sin. Allison. Oh, Sin. Oh, that's fine. And I was like, if you're looking for a badass name, in my mind, it's a it's a whole long thing, but I'm convinced that her parents were Hell's Angels. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Evelyn? <laughs> yes. In my mind, they're Hell's Angels. I don't know why. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, yeah. And we've talked to, she's got like her own like, tough nicknames that we've like played around with and i'm like i don't know sin is in your name so i mean it's it's pretty good i used to call her alice sunflower so i don't think that has quite the same (laughs) imagine imagine the like the the like the movie joker imagine the origin story of alice and sunflower who becomes (laughs) sin (laughs) my name was christine thumum and jordan's was jordandelion (laughs) remember last week when i thought i was unwell i was a little <laughs> mentally unhinged listen you know i was just riding that train with you yeah, yeah yeah uh anyway so she meets sin uh aka floyd and with a name like floyd i imagine sin is like you know a little makes bit sense. it makes sense um and so he was 16 years older than Lori, uh but they they got together um the grim reapers they were drug runners they were taking advantage of the socioeconomic issues in Atumwa, um and Times in town were very hard, and basically when people feel, oftentimes when people feel um, like they're at a socioeconomic disadvantage, there's like any sort of depression in the area, uh, a lot of people turn to drugs. And Floyd was in this business. So Floyd made Lori feel safe. Uh, They got married in 1980. They had a son together in 1981 named Josh. And they did not have it easy. Uh, Floyd was a Vietnam veteran living on unemployment, and they often didn't have heating or food. And sometimes when Floyd got drunk, he would come home and beat Lori. And the way Lori put it is she felt like she was too smart to be struggling so much. Mm. And she felt like she had gotten herself into, and and not to say people who are struggling are stupid or, you know, not smart enough. Well, that's how she felt. Yeah, but that's how she felt. And I think part of it was like she felt like she got herself into this abusive situation by marrying this guy and relying on him, but not feeling secure uh, or safe because he beat her. His name is Sin. I know, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, kind of what you see on the package. Um, So one day, Floyd's brother approached Floyd and Lori, and he said, hey, I found this new drug. It's called meth. (laughs) I can't even imagine being there for that conversation now knowing what meth is. Fly on the wall, like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. When she went from, like, like selling allergy pills to, like, I've heard about meth. Oh, it's such a downward tumble. Mm. Yeah, so he gave them three and a half grams of the meth and told them to split it into quarter grams and sell each quarter gram for $25. As an end result, Lori was allowed to keep $150 as profit. And because Lori was so social and friendly, she easily sold all three and a half grams in one night at one bar. Wow. Like, just handled Little it. hustler. Little hustler. And, <laughs> wouldn't you know, meth was a local hit. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? <laughs> I know. I know. Headlining in a Tumwa. Uh, people in town remember becoming addicted after using it only once, which I've mm-hmm. also heard is uh, sometimes what happens. You try it once and it's uh, so bloodstream or something. invigorating and so intense that people almost immediately become dependent on it. Uh, one of Lori's friends said the feeling of the high was utopian. Oh, wow. And that's what i've heard man it's supposed to be really good high be really careful folks uh atumwa relied economically on the hormel meat is that how you say that hormel hormel that's how i say it hormel can you say it i say hormel hormel okay on the hormel meat packing plant and slaughterhouses cute uh which employed a lot of the town so this was like the local industry right Lori's father and her brother tom both worked there but overtime wasn't allowed, so employees were being forced to work faster and faster. And this is like a meat processing plant and a slaughterhouse. Like, this is dangerous work. And so if you're being forced to finish your work in a certain amount of time, it becomes really dangerous. That's why in 1985, 1,500 Hormel workers went on strike throughout the country for fair wages and safer working conditions. Um, it became such a heated debacle that the national guard had to intervene and the police even used tear gas to clear the strikers um the strikes then became protests and riots uh the national guard was using aggressive tactics against the strikers and then get this the company was able to legally fire all of the striking employees and in the end the negotiation negotiations failed and almost everyone lost their jobs So, like, the worst possible end result for a strike. Just asking for some better wages and better, safer working conditions, you know? Uh, Cash. Too much to ask. Uh, so, fuck Hormel, I guess. I, <laughs> you know, didn't know much about him before, but fuck that big time. Uh, so, now, in places with struggles, which I feel like I kind of touched on, um, drugs often thrive because people are looking for a way to escape poverty, lack of health care, food insecurity, Uh, Even just mental health issues that are a result of socioeconomic downturns. And some people even thought of meth as helpful because they felt it cured their alcoholism. They didn't need to drink as much because they had meth now. Also, there was so little that we knew about it at the time. Yeah. I imagine that, I mean, it probably just didn't feel much different than... Anything else that might have been working or I don't know. Yes, it's sort of like, well, I cut back on my drinking, which we know is really dangerous and can kill you. And now I'm doing this. And now I'm just happy. Now the utopia (laughs) has set in. Yeah. So exactly on that note, Lori could not stop moving meth. It basically sold as quickly as she got her hands on it. Uh, She and Floyd moved on from Mike as their supplier, Floyd's brother, and started working directly with a supplier in California who had connections with a Mexican cartel. So she's like jumping up the ranks. She climbed that ladder real quick. She didn't climb it so much as she just like hopped. Right. I don't know how. Left left like Superman. (laughs) One big leap. Yeah. Uh, They frequently drove on three day trips to California to move 10 pounds of meth at a time. And. At this rate, Lori was making, get this, $200,000 a week in profit. Holy shit. She didn't have a bank account, so she was just stuffing cash in her walls of the house. Wow. So Lori remembers that she wasn't just addicted to meth, which she did deny, but she did partake, so it's hard to say. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said she was also addicted to power and money. 
And the way she kind of reconciled this to herself was that she thought of herself as somewhat of a Robin Hood type character. She started buying cars for her friends. She bought a bar and a 150 acre horse ranch and she employed all her friends to give them jobs. She would buy up foreclosed houses at auctions and register them as low-income Section 8 housing. And Mm. then she would rent this out to her friends, who are usually single mothers on welfare. And then she would use the Section 8 payments from the government to pay off the mortgages and gift the house to the friends who were living in them. So she was really, like, lifting up the people in her life who were struggling. Um, People close to her saw her as a generous woman. Some even called her a savior. Um, But the big elephant in the room that she decided to ignore was the havoc that the drugs she sold were wreaking in her community and throughout the state of Iowa. So eventually moving meth from California became too risky. So Lori hired a chemist, built a laboratory in a trailer and buried the trailer on her horse ranch. So you couldn't see it from an aerial view. And oh my God, I wrote it's giving breaking bad. Right, um, right. Like yeah. hiring your own chemist, uh, <laughs> hiding them underground and saying, make me meth. Uh, and at this point, Lori was able to turn 10 pounds of meth into $400,000 because oh now my she's making the meth. She does, she's, there's no middleman, you know. Wow. So her chemist made several batches a week. And even though she's still considering herself this like heroic Robin Hood type, she made the chemist test every every batch on himself (gasps) oh my god this guy was so just fucking like out of his mind out of his mind or just stuck in this position uh basically she made him check every single batch to make sure it wasn't bad um and she said that way it would kill him before it could kill her friends and neighbors she just wanted her meth to be safe (laughs) so i guess that's good i don't know (laughs) question mark yeah Uh, Lori and Floyd at this point were moving enormous amounts of drugs throughout the Midwest, and Lori was essentially the mastermind behind the whole operation, Floyd, of course, being the muscle, as someone named Sin probably was born to do. People were loyal to Lori as a friend and downright terrified of her husband, so they made quite a pair. Uh, The combination of those two, someone who's you trust and who's a friend to you and then someone who is physically very scary uh, meant people were keeping their secrets on the deal Mm. Uh, so they were able to hire their own friends as dealers as distributors they were able to pay truck drivers to move meth across state lines without anybody snitching and Lori's younger brother described it quote like people created the tech world in silicon valley my sister created the meth world wow she basically like kickstarted this yeah. whole thing. She at this point was so wealthy she could buy anything she wanted. She owned tens of thousands of dollars in jewelry. She bought land, and this is all cash she has. You know, it's all yeah. in the walls of her house. Like she's not paying taxes on this. I forgot there. It's in the walls of her house. Yeah. <laughs> she bought land, property, cars. She brought. She bought several planes, like airplanes. Planes. Yeah. Whew. She kept making plans to set up some sort of legitimate business to leave the world of drugs, but she was both addicted to meth and to the money and power she I would had. be addicted to the money and power. How could that's, you not? Like, Yeah, that's so, so intoxicating. Turn, uh, intoxicating. To turn from that to being like, okay, let's start a business from the ground floor and do everything by the book and pay taxes. Like, No thanks. I can see why that would be not appealing at all. Yeah. 
So she lived like royalty, especially in Iowa, this small town in Iowa. Were people not wondering how she was doing that? Well, most people in town were involved. Like all their friends and family were like part of this. I would literally, the only reason, not the only reason I wouldn't do this. Oh my God. (laughs) Okay, you got one reason. Go. (laughs) The only reason in this minute is that I would not be able to sleep every second. I would be so paranoid that someone would snitch. I know. Like, someone would say something to the wrong person. It's so impressive. And, like, to have such a broad operation, you must have people in such positions that they are benefiting by not telling. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they must be benefiting enough to not say anything. Um, Especially all these truck drivers that are just hiring to cross state lines. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's, it's, it's really impressive. Like, you know, for lack of a better word. It's impressive that they were able to keep this racket going for so long Mm. so she lived like royalty in in public but at home she was really struggling floyd was drinking more and more he was becoming more and more violent uh he had actually been a sniper in the vietnam war and one day he actually chased Lori out of the house with a gun while she was holding their little son josh and he began to shoot at them And she was trying to get in the car, and Floyd shot at them with a rifle, hitting the car twice. Lori lied and yelled, you hit Josh, just so he would stop shooting. Oh, my God. And she ran and hid with a friend for a few days, bringing Josh with her. But in the end, she went back to Floyd, um, who claimed he didn't remember the incident because he was so drunk. Um, So, you know, just now we're in this classic abuse cycle. Ooh. So that's when uh, a little guy named Ronald Reagan became president. And Ronnie Boy put some restrictions on purchasing P2P, which is the chemical necessary to make meth. And a new law required people purchasing it to undergo screening and fill out paperwork, proving they had a legitimate cause for buying this chemical. Uh-huh. Okay. So now uh, Lori is unable to continue making her own product so they go back to trafficking drugs out of california into the midwest so they go back to having that kind of middleman and in the meantime the dea she did not know this but the dea for those who are unfamiliar the drug enforcement administration was closing in on Lori. she was running larger orders of meth across the country than they had ever seen so they were well aware that this was going on but they were actually just waiting to strike when they had enough uh evidence basically to put her behind bars now this might answer your question too as to like why nobody snitched her cousin was actually the chief of police (gasps) and she had always been friendly with local officers who drank and smoked weed with her when she was underage so she kind of assumed like well they're just kind of gonna turn turn an eye on this you know but in reality she did not know this but local police were actually working with federal officers to take Lori down Mm. so their goal was to charge her with continuing criminal enterprise and to charge someone with this you have to prove that she and floyd were supervising five or more individuals who were committing at least three criminal acts and making substantial income so they just had to prove that they had like this kind of uh operation running and Like we said earlier, the DEA could not get anyone working for Lori or Floyd to flip. That's wild. They were either like so loyal to Lori or so afraid of Floyd. Sure. So they just had to wait until they could get enough proof. 
In January of 1991, federal agents finally raided Lori's and Floyd's home. They took three pounds of meth and $25,000 in cash, guns, photos, and papers, and then they left without making any arrests. Basically, Lori and Floyd just laid low for a month, but then nothing happened, so they just Mm. got back to business. They were like, well... Well, that was crazy. That was a weird day. (laughs) (laughs) That was silly. That was a silly day. But eventually the DEA approached Lori and offered her a plea deal. They told her they knew everything about her operation and they were closing in on her. But if she would work with them to get them information on the cartels that were sending drugs across the border to Mexico, they would guarantee her a light 10-year sentence. And Lori said, nope. Oh, She okay. would not turn on anybody, uh, not even the people out in California who were shipping the drugs. So she laid low again, and they heard nothing from the feds and started to feel safe. Uh, So Lori and Floyd decided to go on a month-long... I don't know if they decided to go, but they went on a month-long party bender. Uh, Okay, yeah. Maybe they made a decision to do a one-day party bender, and it just extended, yeah. It kind of kept going. And so that uh, lasted until November 7th of 1991. And federal agents ended up raiding their home while everyone was asleep, arresting Lori and Floyd at gunpoint. Ten-year-old Josh, this part makes me cry. Ten-year-old Josh was allowed to sit with Lori for an hour until his grandmother, Lori's birth mother, picked him up. And Lori tried her best to stay calm for ten-year-old Josh, who sat behind his mom and gently brushed her hair until his grandma got there. Oh my god, that's so sad. He just brushed her hair and took care of her until his grandma got there. Lori and Floyd believed they they would get out on bonds and just go back to their normal lives. I, f- I find this why he, they really were delusional. Maybe, <laughs> uh, they were maybe not totally uh, in the sober, sober mind. Maybe not. Yeah. But also, like twice now, the feds have gotten involved and then just like let them be. Yeah. So it's sort of like I don't know why they thought they'd get out on just bond, but whatever. They that's what they really thought. They just didn't understand the gravity the severity, of the situation. Yeah. yeah. So 300 officers raided multiple locations in the area, and in the end, 50 to 60 people in connection to Lori's operation ended up in jail. Holy shit. And wow. many of Jail these... was busy that night. <laughs> jail was busy, and many of these people were Lori's really close friends. So this mm. is like a huge group of people. In the meantime, Lori's brother, Tom, now this is a fun little plot twist, was living in Hollywood as a successful actor, writer, and comedian. Do, wow. you know, do you know the name Tom Arnold by chance? Yeah. Yeah. So that's her brother, Tom Arnold. Shut up. Wow. Imagine the really cringy, sad bits he could probably do about his oh, sister. Oh, I know. I wonder if it, he ever touched on it. Uh, he went to rehab to quit drinking and doing drugs. And he'd actually been avoiding Lori this whole time because he was trying to stay sober. Mm-hmm. And obviously she was probably not the best influence. And once he was sober, he married his fiance, Roseanne Barr. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's Tom Arnold's ex-wife now. Uh, so she and Tom actually arrived at Lori's hearing in a limousine with $400,000 in bail money. Damn. And the prosecutor appealed to deny bail, and Lori and Floyd had to stay in county jail awaiting their trial, which took two years. Oh. So the DEA told Lori that if she went to trial, she would face life in federal prison with no chance of parole. So Lori pled guilty. She was sentenced to 15 years in prison. She only served nine in the end. 
For a year, Lori's birth mom was raising Josh, but unfortunately she died at only 52 years old. And so Josh, who's already gone through so much, uh, was taken in by Lori's dad and stepmom, Ruth, who raised Josh in a loving, stable home, which is That's just, good. thank God, the silver lining here. Josh grew up friendly, active, and sober, which is great. Mm, right, yeah, what, I can't imagine a, a bigger reason to not even go yeah, near that stuff. Agreed, agreed. And you can see it going both ways, you know, like if you're just exposed to it all the time, you can see it just becoming a, yeah. a normal part of your life. But um, I'm really impressed that he was able to stay sober through all that. So when Lori was released from prison, she worked two jobs, one at the meatpacking plant, which now was no longer owned by Hormel, and a night shift at Wendy's. Uh, but as you can imagine, this was nothing like the money and power, glitz and glam she used say. to have, just buying planes and horses and doing whatever she wanted. So she started dealing meth again. Again, girl, come on. Girl. Oh, I really thought we were doing something different I this know, time. I okay. right? The DEA found out, contacted her brother Tom in Hollywood, said, Tom Arnold, can you please get Lori to stop? Tom. Tom. Come on. Uh, I know you're busy. You I get know on the you're phone. busy with Roseanne. Uh, so <laughs> basically, they said, Tom, if you can get her to stop dealing, then we won't bust her. That's our deal. Oh, oh man. What a... What a- Awful place to be put in. Yeah. So Tom says, Lori, you gotta, you gotta stop or else you're going to prison. And Lori said, leave me alone. Okay. So she was arrested and sentenced to another 12 years in prison. And this time she served six years. And the way she described it was the first time she went to prison, she felt there was a purpose and sort of a second chance in her sentence. But this time she only felt ashamed, especially for letting down Josh, who was now in college and had been so thrilled when his mom got out of jail the first time. Ugh, and now she's back in. So she feels like shit. Floyd died of a heart attack uh, in prison only six months before he was due to be released. Now, after her second release, uh, Lori went to live with her younger brother, Scott, for a few years until she met a man named Bill. They fell in love, got engaged, and moved to Bill's home in Sandusky, Ohio. Bill knows about Lori's notorious past, of course. In an interview, he scoffed at the headlines that called Lori, quote, Scarface in a skirt. And he oh said, God. well, I've never seen her in a skirt, which is <laughs> like the ultimate dad joke. Truly, <laughs> truly. So despite her past, he admired Lori's ambition and attitude. They fell in love. They got married. A very sweet story. Uh, in fact, even the DEA agent responsible for taking down Lori's operation said she was a woman who could handle herself in any situation, and she should have gone into a legal business where she would have been extremely successful. <laughs> she, anything she did it was going to be extremely a successful. Success. Totally I, agreed. I think no matter where she ended up, it was not going to be a a bad run in terms not of financial be a boring success. Journey. Yeah, 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 or or yeah, exactly. So in the wake of all that she did, uh, Lori faces, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, depending on how you look at it, tremendous regrets. Um, she, you know, told herself she was a local folk hero in the 80s, but now she realizes how many lives and families she destroyed, like, throughout yeah. the Midwest. Um, many of her own friends' children, this is sad, started oh. using meth um, that she supplied as young as 12 years old. Uh, and Lori's business robbed them of the same childhood she herself lost because of mm -hmm. neglect. And so 
when the arrests happen, an entire generation of children in her community lost their parents to prison. Like if you think Oof. like 50 to 60 people, just that that one one sweep of arrests, all those parents, children were now floundering. Um, and so as a result of that, many of those children ended up in equally unstable, neglectful situations. And then the cycle continued with the drugs. Um Lori actually learned through a documentary about herself that some of her friends' children and younger siblings have died of overdoses. So she had to learn that from a documentary about her life Um, after becoming and these deaths occurred after these children became addicted at young ages to meth that Lori and Floyd supplied their families. So just really, uh, you know, big picture. She was kind of talking herself out of the bad parts um yeah, and then yeah. looking back you know hindsight is 2020 so children who grew up in the drug ring and are now adults remember being exposed to constant dangerous situations while their parents used and sold Lori's meth josh who still deeply loves his mother feels that he had to grow up too fast and that he was robbed of many opportunities especially of his own parents when they made decisions that sent them to prison for the rest of his childhood and he basically had to be like passed around mm. As of a 2021 documentary called The Queen of Meth, uh, Lori was still living in Sandusky with Bill. She works 10-hour shifts at a factory as a forklift operator, and she said she is now sober for good and that she can't undo the past, but she can learn from it. So in the documentary, you can actually see Lori and her older brother Tom visit their mother's grave. Uh, Tom told Lori in the documentary he wished she would be mad at their mom and acknowledge that she ruined Lori's life. But Lori said she harbored no resentment toward her mother. Hmm. She believes she made all of her own decisions and caused so much harm that she has only herself to blame. And as for her son, today Josh only hopes that by living a good, loving, sober, and honest life, he can change the way people think of his family name. And he says one day, maybe no one will associate him with the crimes of his parents. Right. I don't think anyone does. Yeah. I think that's already a success. I think, uh, I mean, I'm sure some people do in his circles, but I don't. From over (laughs) here, I don't. He's good. (laughs) Yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, So, yeah, that's the story. Isn't that a crazy one? Yeah, I did not expect Roseanne to show up. Um, I know, it's such a plot. I love when there's just these weird mini plot twists that like don't really mean anything, but are just interesting. Yeah, it's just like, oh, fun fact, by the way. Fun fact. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. And it sounds like she's got it together now. Yeah, it sounds like she's really turned around, turned things around and... Um, you know, to be the son of a the queen of meth and sin of the motorcycle gang, I imagine is quite a childhood. Like, I don't yeah. know if he's interested in writing a memoir, but I'd probably read it. <laughs> I feel like his therapist every week tells him we're going to unpack that next week. We're gonna, yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah, it's going to be a while. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm just really happy for them. And, uh, you know, you live and you learn. And that's why we drink this week. That's pretty good. I feel like we could have just ended, but we didn't. So, well, thank you everyone for listening. (laughs) And uh, Christine, you're about to go on your trip. I'm not going to see you again until until you come back. I talked to my brother yesterday. He's like, "See you in Munich," and I was like, "Oh my god, (laughs) oh my god, yeah, so trippy." (laughs) And your little baby's going to have a passport. (laughs) Oh, she does. It's so funny because in the photo we had to like get our hands out of it, so it's like her kind of just floating head. 
yeah. well, I'm excited for you. I'll I'll see you. I mean, everyone else is going to hear you just next week, but I'll see you in quite some time in from quite now. some time and folks uh come to patreon we are doing little true crime and ghost themed episodes there now bonus episodes where we talk about um true crime cases uh ghost spooky stuff spooky, spooky stuff we're trying to make it more themed to the podcast so come there for extra bonus content and that's why we drink we did it